And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dope with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It is the Big Hulk. Uh, excited to bring you guys a great pod. We are in the thick of the season, uh, trying to make a tournament push. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about it. Sleep. Dude, heels bounce back, man. Look great against Clemson. We'll get into that. Got Miami as we record tonight. Um, it is Monday. Weird. Kind of don't usually play on Monday night, but maybe I had to do it a Super Bowl, which we'll also get into. Couple foul calls uh, in the ACC and in the game last night. People aren't too happy about. We'll discuss our thoughts. Sleep dog didn't tell you this. Big Hawk uh, won three hundred dollars on the Super Bowl squares last mm. night in absentia. Yeah. Um, might get a halftime show trade deadline aliens not sure there's a lot of shit going on in sports a lot of shit going on in the world we'll get to it uh clemson game at home i i mean i came out and i was like dude we're not a tournament team not gonna make tournament and damn if they didn't respond would probably i mean other than maybe a couple games in that tournament run last year well you know specifically against duke it was like the best game i've seen up there with the best games i've seen carolina play in years i mean they were just all cylinders and if they play like that, they're going to beat anybody. If they don't play like that, it's any man's guess. But they look great against Clemson. Uh, really bounced back uh, against a lot of chatter. Um, and and what uh, ultimately clearly turned out to be some bullshit. But what were your thoughts on that game? What does it mean for Carolina? Um, and, you know, they got to do it again, right? They got to keep doing it. Yeah, Carolina can't really afford to lose many more games, especially if they want to make a tournament push. Um Right now, I think they're they are a bubble team. I mean, their record says they're a bubble team. Uh, it's hard to d- really dance around that. Everyone else is calling them a bubble team. Um, are they capable of making a deep tournament run? Absolutely, and they can turn this thing around. And it looked like this weekend at home against Clemson, they were starting to show uh, signs of that. They're starting to show signs of life after losing three in a row. Uh, especially the Wake Forest game was a bad loss. Sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. Their body language was really bad, and so this to me was the team saying, "Nah, hey." That Wake Forest game doesn't represent us as a whole. Okay, this is what we're capable of doing. And I really like to see the guys rallying behind each other and actually pulling for each other. And I've said, I've also maintained this stance. Um, we play well at home. Uh, we do. We win a majority. I mean, if we're at home, we have a good chance of winning. Uh, we did play bad at home against Pitt, but we still had a chance to win. Uh yeah. And they looked really good this weekend. The other thing, the chemistry was great. Guys were high-fiving, uh, you know, pulling for each other, picking each other up off the floor. And Coach Williams has said it many a times, hey, we look a hell of a lot better when the ball goes in the hoop. Well, the ball went in the hoop. Caleb played well. Um, Puff came in, gave us some great minutes off the bench. We've been saying, like, the one thing I, I have noticed about this game is it looks like they went with Puff uh, at the four. And Pete, you know, Pete didn't have a great game, uh, struggled a little bit. So they went to with Puff at the four and um, kind of went small at times. But, hey, this is what we thought Carolina could be. Uh, and it's also good because there's been a lot of rumors and a lot of hearsay, blah, blah, blah. Now the guys, you know, came out, made a statement. Chemistry looked great. And that's what I like to see. I like to see the guys having fun and winning. Yeah, that that turn, all that stuff turned out to be bullshit. Shame on Carolina fans for believing it uh, when it came out on a Duke. You know, 
whatever cheer sheet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fucking dumb to even say that out loud. Shame on Duke for perpetuating it. Not even I think it goes beyond like the rivalry. I mean, that's just uh, it, it's really kind of some some tasteless shit. It is some college student type shit. You know, you could go in and say, you know, you wouldn't expect any better from Duke, but all that stuff is uh I don't know. I have it, it's you know, given given some of the things that uh, you know, some of the stuff that's been made up in the past uh, down the road there uh, concerning some of their uh, student athletes, um, it this was uh, something that like went outside of the purview, and uh, for that reason, I just I'm not even going to give it any airtime. But it, but it was really pretty pretty uh, pathetic uh, mm-hmm. all around, and, and and of course, great to see those guys kind of bounce back from it. Might have had the reverse effect. Which was, you know, kind of brought these guys together because because somebody on the outside is talking shit, and um, you know, they they finally uh, had something to bond over. It certainly looked like it, man. They were clicking on all cylinders. About ten minutes in the first half, this game was over. Uh, yeah. I mean, they just pulled away and hit. You know, it seemed like we were hitting every shot we took, uh, shooting the ball from three well. I, the biggest thing I noticed, although it didn't show up in the stat sheet, it looked like we were just getting all these offensive rebounds and 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 uh, really out rebounding them. But although it was close. Um, you I know, will say, it, go ahead. I will say sleep. If you look at, I've always been a v- big advocate for this 17 assists, seven turnovers. Yep. That is a big stat. I said, we can beat anybody when we get high assist, uh, as a team, when we have high assist numbers. Uh, and I maintain that stance and I'll, I'll argue with it. We had 17 assists, seven turnovers, uh, took care of the ball, shared it. That's a sign. And then I'll just point out the wake force game. We had nine assists, 12 turnovers, and then you look at the pit game at home. We had six assists and nine turnovers. That is a negative assist uh, uh, turnover ratio, which is a good formula good. for losing a game. I don't care. <laughs> it, you look at the stat. I guarantee it's in the single digits. There's not many teams out there that have won ball games when you have a negative assist to turnover mm-hmm. ratio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean we got hot from three. I guess the one thing I take is a is something of concern, right? Is I just don't see a shoot. 45% for three shot 33 threes damn near made half of I mean these guys were just pulling up and just smashing everything it was great it was fun right but you know you you can live and die by that and, and we've been dying a lot by it lately so but we took good shots you know it was just in rhythm um it comes down to shot selection um yeah we've taken you know we we had Dewey on here early on in the year Dewey Burke and <clears throat> we made an argument we're not sure there's a there's a team out there that shoots more contested threes than we do. And if we can get quality shots, uh, obviously that's going to be better for the team. But also your three-point percentage is going to be much, uh, much better. And my only thing is we've seen some of these guys take contested threes and we're all like, ah, ah. And when they make them, we celebrate them. Mm-hmm. So it is a double-edged sword. Oh, yeah. Somebody gets hot. Are they going to take more contested threes or are we just going to be like, damn, quit shooting those when there's two guys on them doing a step back from the NBA three, which is uh, not a high percentage shot. Yeah, I got uh, technical difficulties in here. It's like ESPN, dude. They just don't even ask. They just start playing their, their advertisements right in damn ear, dude. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of ESPN, I think, yeah, tonight, ESPN, seven o'clock. Um I will have the sound turned on on purpose for Miami coming home game. Miami's a good team. I mean, they're third in the conference. They're half game out of first behind Pitt in in Virginia, 11 and four in a conference, 20 and five overall. I was doing some research before we got started here. They're uh, 
their losses, Big Hawk, are are pretty close ones. Okay. Yeah, Sleep's got the um, FedEx guy, but I'll just talk about this. Okay, Isaiah Wong for Miami is a hell of a player. Uh, he can get to the hole, one of the best players in the ACC. And Miami is rolling. Miami just steamrolled Duke at Duke not so long ago. No, they steamrolled them uh, at Miami, uh, beat them, just beat the drums off. Oh, of yeah. And um, this is going to be a big win. This is this is a chance to get a quad one, uh, which we desperately need. I think we're even like one and eight against quad one teams. If you want to, I hate the quad system, but a lot of people go by the quad systems. You need to have some quality wins. Uh, the ACC, apparently to everybody else, is kind of having a down year. I hate it when they say that, but. Um, this is a chance to go out there and build that resume. And that's what we need to do. We don't need to look ahead. We need to take care of tonight. We need to shut Isaiah Wong down uh, and go inside to Armando. I don't say this often because I think the offense should come naturally and you should let the game come to you. But Miami doesn't have a lot of size. And I think this is a game that Mondo needs just to go in there and dominate. He needs to get every single rebound uh, that comes near him uh, in his vicinity. And then... I see. I don't like force feeding the post because I think the defense is prepared for that. I like to see him run and get deep seals mm-hmm. and to get the ball inside naturally. And I think that's going to be a key tonight is uh, making sure that Armando asserts himself in this game. But also what I want to see is from our guards. I want to see us push the ball and get the ball inside with penetration, not just passing, passing, cutting, moving, uh, and uh, I think we walk away with the win. But this is going to be a tough game. This is a good team, tough team. They have one of the best players in the ACC, one of the best teams in the country. Uh, so this is a good opportunity to build that resume tonight. These guys are – sorry for the interruption, guys. Got a new Jonathan Kaminga rookie card in, Big Hawk. Uh, oh 15th in the country, okay? They shoot almost 50% as a team. Uh, and they average eight, almost eight steals a game. They're losses, okay? They have five losses. At Pitt by three. Good team at Duke by two shitty team, but hard place to play at state by two good team at Georgia tech by six. And eh, okay. Everybody's going to lose some dumbass games. A lot of people doing that. Uh, and then early in the season lost at home to Maryland by 18. Just, you know, those are the two bad losses. But like you said, demolished Duke in a re in the, in a, in the rematch by 22. And it wasn't even that mm-hmm. close. So, I mean, you know, they, they seem to be, uh, you know, I hadn't obviously haven't watched a bunch of Miami games, but they're well coached. Uh, they're, they're always, uh, gonna, gonna be around. They've been good the last several years. My assumption is they probably got some upperclassmen, got a good player in the, in the, in the top of the league. Yeah, we just got to keep it going, man. That's the problem we've created for ourselves is like, yeah, the the Clemson game was awesome. And and this team, if it plays like that against like it did against Clemson, is going to win a lot of damn games. But the problem is, is now you you have to play like that. You have to every night. You might be able to lose, maybe lose two more games and still get in. Or, you know, maybe lose two games and, and go to the ACC championship or something like that. But that's the problem is we've backed ourselves into a corner and, you know, we're going to have to come out. But again, you know, flip the script, play well, you just beat Clemson, knock them out of the top of the conference, turn around, beat Miami. You know, now you're rolling again and you get some confidence. And, you know, this team can play with anybody. This is what's been so frustrating about watching them all year is because we know what they can do. <laughs> but what they do do is, uh, is, is, is frequently different. But I'm with you. It looked like, uh, their structure, they're, you know, they're getting out on a break a little bit. Um, you know, and, and, and just, 
playing team basketball. You said it in the last pod, right? Want to look like they're having fun. What was happening, man? They were, you know, hitting good shots, finding guys in rhythm, pointing at each other. They looked like they were having a good time. Uh, easy to do when you're up 20, not so easy to do when you're losing to, uh, you know, shitty teams. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of turned up, turned the sentiment around and, and, and so it's got us hopeful again. So I'm just hopeful we can keep that shit up. Yeah, sleep. You said it, and I'm I'm here looking at Ken Ken Palm, and Ken Palm has Miami as the uh, has them rated as a most efficient offense in the ACC, uh, and Carolina. Let's just see here, offensive it's efficiency probably not in the right in the middle of the pack. So, um, yeah, dead middle. Actually, yeah, right in the middle. So it, it goes: Miami, Wake Forest, Pitt, NC State, and Syracuse in that order. Uh, so yeah, th- we're going to have to play defense guard, the three point line. Like you said, Mondo's going to have to move his feet too. He's going to have some, um, he's going to have to guard the ball a little bit on the perimeter. So it's going to be a great matchup to watch. Another good game was the UVA Duke game. And since we get so, uh, butthurt about the referees around here, like everybody else, we wanted to touch on this one. Big Hawk, you mentioned it when you were on the field of 68, um, even you sided with Duke getting ripped off at the end of that one. Said the uh, there was I didn't see it because why would I be watching a Duke and UVA game? I mean, God, I'd rather watch grass grow. Um, at the end of the game, shot goes up, foul occurs after the shot, but before the shot hits anything, clock's gone. Blah blah blah. They review it, say it's not a foul. Uh, the game goes to overtime, right? So it wasn't like that was the end of the game. Uh, game goes to overtime. Duke gets shit kicked out of it, and they lose UVA, and then all. You know, uh, everybody's crying about it. So explain what happened because I didn't see it. Um, and and ACC, you know, came back out, issued a statement, but uh, but walk us through it and yeah, tell us why right, you uh, so, tell us why you're siding with Blue Devils. So it's a tied game, uh, 1.2 seconds left, sideline out of bounds, uh, for Duke at Duke's basket. Uh, they run a play. And Filipowski makes a backdoor cut, and on the backdoor cut, he gets fouled. Um, the refs call the foul on the shot. Uh, so they call the foul, they go and review it, and then they say there's no foul. Uh, game goes into overtime. So so the, the game was oh, like no time on the clock. So he would have no, gone to the line, shoot no two, time on the no clock. No time on the clock. Would have gone had no points all game. Yeah, he had a best bad player game. On, one of the best players on the team. He, he's and a had 70, two, yeah, yeah, missed two free throws. Seventy-seven percent free throw shooter, but yeah. he did not get those. More than likely, Duke would have won this game. Yeah. And everyone makes the argument: you never leave it in the hands of the refs. Well, one call, one bad call, this proves the point. Yeah, you can lose a game on one bad call. And the concerning part to me, sleep, is these officials went to review the play, and then they came back and they they said there's no foul, reverse the call, but. After the game, the ACC comes out and releases a statement that says, listen, these refs got the call wrong. Filipowski should have shot two free throws. Um, They made a mistake. And my first thing is I really respect ACC for coming out and saying they made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with, with that said is if you have officials that go and review a play and still get the call wrong and don't understand the rules, what is going on? Why do yeah. the refs not know this? And there is a rule in there that I kind of learned myself. Listen, if a player goes up for a shot and releases the ball and is fouled after time expires, if the ball is still in flight, that is a foul. 
And I did not realize that. So you can foul somebody with the time expired if the ball is in flight. I didn't either. And it makes sense, though, because, right, mm -hmm. theoretically, that play is still live. If you go under the shooter, he's got to land, right? The ball, it's like it's weird sort of. So here's my thing with them missing the initial call is that I get that sometimes like there's these weird nuanced things that happen. And even someone that knows the rules is like, damn, dude, like how do we interpret the rule? Or Mm -hmm. it may be so obscure that like unless you know that thing to the letter, And let's just be honest. I mean, like, come on, who the hell knows that? Even the referees, like there's probably something that can trip you up, but they got some guy presumably sitting in Greensboro or wherever the AC, maybe it's in New York, wherever the, wherever the referees are headquartered, whose only job is basically like sit there in front of what I hope is a digital version of the rule book Mm -hmm. and like be able to essentially go to this relatively quickly and then figure out and interpret the rule. And I guess what it seems like happened is they were like so confounded by the actual situation on the floor that they were like, and then in hindsight came back later and was like, ah, actually, we should have gone the other way on it. I'm with you. I think, you know, you you have to be honest with yourself and say, hey, if Duke's best player goes to the free throw line of two free throws, they're probably going to make one and win. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I get that. And you could, you know, some people are like, oh, well, there's other plays during the game, blah, blah. Okay, fine. But this is the deciding call in the game. Uh, and you have to say that this, this game might not necessarily have, you know, they still had a chance to go win it, but it was definitely a guaranteed win almost taken away from them. So it would have been a quad one for Duke. Yeah, and it was a big who, one too. My question to you, Sleep. And I've made this statement. If Coach K is on the sideline for Duke, they're shooting too. I don't oh, care yeah. what anybody says. Couldn't you oh, imagine yeah. uh, Coach K getting screwed over? And also, <laughs> I, we, we said this on the pod. Hey, guys, go listen to it. John Shire's a really nice dude. Mm-hmm. Why? If Listen, if that happened to me, I mean, I would be physically have to be restrained. I mean, throw me out of the county. I mean, I would feel like I let my kids down. This is a big, big deal. And this is a way the refs also say, hey, no. Tony Bennett's a top dog in the ACC now. Uh, you're in his house. He's going to get the benefit of the doubt. This is an awakening for Duke uh, to come here and not get the call. Like, how many calls have we watched Duke get through the years? I have never seen them on this end of the Mm-mm. stick. Just not, no, hey, you're not getting this one. And people can say, you know, old TV Teddy. Hey, TV Teddy doesn't put up with anybody. That's one thing I respect. But... I if Coach K's on the sideline, there is no doubt Duke is shooting two and they walk away with the win. Why is so I got two things. Well, first of all, I don't want to come back to it. Why is TV Teddy kicked out of the uh NCAA tournament? I don't even know, but I don't like I haven't looked into it, but I'm against it. And a lot of people say a lot of things about uh Teddy, Teddy Valentine, but Mm -hmm. he is a good official. Uh he may have some theatrics and may make some, you know, calls that make you scratch your head, but consistently he's one of the best refs in, in college. And people, he's just a notable guy. He doesn't take anything from the refs. But I I I don't like I don't like the fact that he's not gonna be in the tournament. I gotta admit. I do. I mean, I I as a quote I quote unquote hate him because of course some of his antics usually seem more pronounced when they go against our team. I don't know the guy from Apple Butter, so I have I have no idea. Um you know, uh, how you, you know, I'm gonna take your word for it. It is kind of, kind of hilarious. Some of his theatrics, but, um, but my, my other question was, all right, so we've got Duke here. They are eight and six, 17 and eight, basically, um, 
one game overall better than Carolina. One thing I have not heard yet. Now, I'm not sure about Duke's quad wins because I think they've won against Kansas and they beat us, obviously, which I don't think if we're a quad one win like right here, right now, that's kind of interesting. We're not a quad one. But, dude, you got if you're going to look at Carolina on the bubble, and I think it's fair to do it, you got to look at Duke on the bubble. I mean, mm-hmm. we live in a world where like there's like aliens flying around like and everybody's just kind of like cool with it. It's like, hey, yeah, we shot down another one of these UFOs, but it's no big deal. And then in the same breath that we're like invaded by aliens, essentially, Duke and Carolina might not make the tournament. It's a very real possibility, dude. Like if if I mean, if we turn around and beat Duke and lose a few more games and Duke loses a couple more games, all this is realistic. I mean, you got 10, 11, 12 lost teams. I mean, Duke's probably not going to lose 12, but it could happen, dude. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Let's see here. Quad ones, Kansas is 11 and five. They have the best. Um, Duke, let's see here. Boy, I got to scroll on down here. I'm telling you. It's too far for me to find sleep. Well, I'm going into Duke's record or to their schedule right now. And they're just peppered with, with their longest win streak of the season is four. They lost at Virginia Tech, at Clemson, at State, at Wake, lost to Purdue, lost to Kansas. Big wins. They beat Xavier, a good team. Uh, beat Pitt, two, two beat and Miami. Seven. Two and seven okay. in quad ones. So, you know, you at least on the bubble. I'm not saying that they don't make it, right? But I think questioning whether, especially after last week, Putting Carolina on the bubble, like, I'm sorry, you just can't get an argument from me. We just haven't separated ourselves uh, throughout the course of the season. Do I think we'll get it together and make it after after the Clemson game? I'm, I'm back on the maybe train. I'm the, I said on the last pod, we were out. Um, but, you know, that's the one thing I haven't heard anybody talking about is Duke on the bubble. And, and I get that Duke has a little slightly better uh, slate than we do, and they've beaten us. But man to man, you watch them play, they're not better than we are. So um, it'll be interesting, man. There's a lot of uh, you know Kentucky. They're all they're hell. Are they even in? They got to be. Kentucky out right to now. me is out. Kentucky yeah. lost a bad game at Georgia. Uh, they were shorthanded. They'd have Shabazz Willer or C.J. Frederick, but they came out and laid an egg against Georgia, which Georgia is not a, a tough team by any means. They're near the bottom of the SEC. They're they're starting to build their program, but they took a they took a big old L. They went down to Georgia and just got smacked right in their face and handed an L. And uh, Cal's just kind of taking it in stride. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Kentucky. A lot of people are upset at Big Blue Nation. If you went to college there three years ago and you're on your senior year, you've never seen Kentucky win an NCAA Mm -hmm. uh, tournament game, which is you would think would be unheard of. Uh, It's been about 1,500 days since Kentucky has won an NCAA tournament game. So they're going through it uh, and they deserve to take some heat because uh, Kyle Parry's done just an awful job at Kentucky. Nobody's done less with more. I'll guarantee you that. Well, and it blows my mind too, because in the coaches poll, which I've never really understood the coaches poll, it's like his favoritism or you know, favorite thing, man. Duke was in the top 25 of coaches poll last week, dropped out of it and still has, where'd it go? 12 votes for the top 25 in the coaches poll. Like I, on what planet? Is Duke in the top 25 of anything? I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, dudes, once you get down to about outside the top 10, everybody's lost five, six, seven, eight games. So it's, I mean, I guess there's that. Um, it's just, it's just a wild year, man. Like there is not a lot of parity. Alabama's back at number one, Houston's number two. They didn't quite split the vote, but those are two of the more athletic teams. 
Purdue is obviously a powerhouse. And then, you know, you pick, take your pick, UCLA, Kansas, Texas, and you start getting into Virginia and some of the more like less stable uh, teams uh, up against more athletic groups. But it's it's just a wild year and and anything mm-hmm. could happen between now and, and tournament time. So anything could happen last night too. Super Bowl. Uh, speaking of officiating, I mean, the game was 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 a great one. I thought um, plenty of scoring, which is always nice in a Super Bowl. Um, like I said, I re- I really enjoyed it when uh, the final score left Old Sleep Dogs Square firmly in place of the final game score. So I won three hundred bucks. Um, what was it? Chiefs thirty eight, Eagles thirty five. I hate the Eagles, so I was happy with that result. Big question back to the refs, though: Was it a hold? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a hold. Um, was it enough to get called sleep? It was. He admitted to it after the game. Listen, the ref had some balls to make that call. We can argue every day, but if you look at the the rule book and the, that's a textbook hold, it's a hold. And uh, you know, if it, Mahomes get Mahomes has gotten the benefit of the the flags this year. Like he's the best player, best quarterback mm-hmm. in the league. He's gonna that's gonna happen for him. Of course, it happens in every professional sport. Uh, I'm not the biggest Chiefs fan, and I damn sure don't like the Eagles. I mean, their fan mm-hmm. base is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, sorry, Eagles. That was a hold. Here's what here's my thought on it. And I was really thinking you were gonna go the other way on it, and I was gonna jump all over you, but it's absolutely a hold, okay, for a number of reasons. First of all, you got your DB dude, hats off to that guy. Because even if I actually held him, I'd be so pissed that it got called that. I'd act like I didn't to come out and say, yes, it was um, in the Super Bowl is is a big move. All right. So here, here's what really, in my opinion, all these people that say you can't call that. I mean, there's a lot of people out there saying that, mm-hmm. too. We say all the time, man, you got to call it like it's a regular game. Mm-hmm. Smith cuts in Smith Schuster cuts in. And when he goes to peel out, the guy got just enough of his jersey to slow him down. And here it, I mean, this is the NFL, dude. It is mm-hmm. literally a game of inches, microseconds. Like these guys, you see these replays where these dudes thread the needle with the ball, right? The biggest thing that tells me that this was actually a hold and it did prevent him from getting to his spot was you got Pat Mahomes, who is the MVP of the league, the MVP of the Super Bowl, best player in football, period. Where that football landed is where J.J. Smith-Schuster was supposed to be, <laughs> and he mm-hmm. wasn't there. So, I mean, dude, come on. Use context clues. Like, something happened. That's, I mean, these guys get slowed down by a half a step, and then the gap widens to that degree on a, on a play like that. So, I thought it was the right call. All I don't have a dog in a fight. I didn't think I was going to win. I didn't even know what my numbers were. I didn't find out I wanted 300 bucks, so I wanted 300 bucks. So, I can't even, I didn't even have that. Um, I'm a commanders fan. So, um, that's it, man. I, I, I thought it was, uh, uh, I thought it was called correctly and, and hats off for once to the refs and to, uh, the people that did call it. Um, there were two questionable calls earlier in the game. I mean, the, those two catches for Philly. So like Philly fans is kind of bitching about it is like, dude, let it go. Uh, I thought go, uh, Goddard, go or whatever his name is. His catch was, was tough to overturn. It was close, mm-hmm. but I, I agreed with them, you know, keeping that one earlier in the game. Devonte caught one early where they, where they wound up scoring. So, I mean, dude, it's, it's kind of the ebb and flow of the game and, and they're, they're, you know, magnified toward, um, you know, when the game's being decided, but I thought all in all, man, it was great. I think, uh, Mahomes is just a beast. Do you think he played hurt? 
Or you think you know, he re-injured his ankle mid-game? Because um, he, they said he was totally healthy coming into the game. I think he was hurt. I don't think his ankle was healthy. Well, it didn't. They didn't certainly didn't appear to take much to tweak it, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, you got to figure that he was like, dude, ankles are tough, man. I mean, I don't give a shit how athletic you are. You get a high ankle sprain or whatever, man. They say that's worse than breaking your leg. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he was definitely hurt in the end. Um, I think he was, you know, you had to put him in a hover round. And he still would played. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it's astounding how good he is. Um, and, and Jalen Hurts was, is, I'm, I think you gotta give him, you gotta add an argument. Jalen Hurts was the MVP of the game. I mean, dude, he had a hell of a game. It, it's really hard not to like him. I yeah. think he's a, he, he carries himself well. And the other thing, sleep, I was going to touch on that DB coming out and saying he held him. I respect that. I mean, yeah, I saw time. the press conference where he owned up to it. Uh, he did say, I didn't think they would call it, uh, but that's not easy to do, but nope. it's the right thing. And uh, he handled himself with the class. So I, I, my hat's off to that guy and really respect him for saying that. Um, so Did you um, watch a halftime show. That's what I was about to ask you about. What'd you think on it? I bolted, man. That was like, so I peeled out of the Super Bowl party so I could get home and go to bed. I didn't even watch the Super Bowl or the, and I love Rihanna, dude. I love Rihanna. Mm. Everybody's all into it since she's pregnant, man. Um, I thought it sucked. Really? And it, it did. I mean, <laughs> and the, I, I hats off to Rihanna for getting up there while she's pregnant. Uh, she wasn't, I mean, my dance moves could have been, they could have rivaled her. I mean, uh. and, and, and listen, guys, I couldn't carry rhythm with two buckets of water. Uh, it was, uh, so big hog, you dance like a pregnant woman is what you're telling everybody. Slightly better. 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 Oh, yeah. Cause Rihanna, she didn't do it for me. I, I, oh, I don't know. Man. And I will get destroyed for this, but now nah, I, th- I thought it could have been better. And also it's too long. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's chop this thing down. I mean, yeah. uh, sleep dogs. Falling asleep at halftime. I know. Yeah. Good grief. We couldn't, uh, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Barely kept my eyes. I had to put two popsicle sticks, tape my eyes open. Um, commercials suck too, man. There was no, I don't remember a single, except for the farmer's dog food, where the dog, I thought I was like, is this dog about to die? I'm going to be standing here at a Super Bowl party, just fucking tears running down my face. Um, other than that one, man, there wasn't, there wasn't too many, uh, too many commercials that I thought were that good. Um, you know, it was the game was it, um, I got there of course, right on, right as we were, uh, right as they were finishing up the national anthem. So I didn't really see the pregame antics, uh, missed the whole halftime show, uh, halftime shows. I'm, I'm with you though. They've never really, even the one last year with, uh, what was it? All those guys like Dr. Dre and, and, uh, you know, Eminem and all that sort of stuff. It was like, okay, it's cool, I guess. But like, I don't, I don't know. Thank I don't get you. The, I don't I get the halftime show. I was like, it's good. Why is everybody saying this is the best thing they've ever seen? They, yeah. Some people are like, oh, I liked it better than the game. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You like that better than that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I thought it was unbearable. And I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just one of these opinions. Everybody just blindly goes, oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was amazing. Best performance. No, it sucked. For me, dude, the national anthem is way better than uh, uh I agree. Than a halftime show more. every time. It's just a nice right. little digestible piece. Sometimes uh-huh. it's good, sometimes it's bad, but you know it's three minutes or less. And uh, and then yeah, it's just all riled up, and you got the anticipation of what's to come. Halftime, you're just like, bro, I feel a little bloated. Uh, might not should have another white claw. 
uh, tomorrow's Monday. There's like fear setting in, like all the stress and anxiety of the Super Bowl. And hey, my fantasy football's out. I ain't going to get to watch football again for months. The only thing I got left is regular season basketball for the foreseeable future. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things that, that, a lot of, uh, what do you call it? Like emotions that are triggered by the halftime show. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are um, negative. And then 100%. on top of it, the performance usually just laps it on. So uh, I'm with you, man. I, you know, I mean, it wasn't good enough for me to stay. So uh, you didn't miss anything. Kind of like, uh, yeah. I mean, the only thing worse would be the Beatles out there banging around good on God, pots I, and pans or whatever the hell it is they do. Man. A <laughs> uh, couple things before we get out of here. Um, the I want to touch real quick on the NBA trade deadline. We talked about it last week, but it was we we went on right before. Just it was like the NBA took like a two liter soda, took a couple sips out of it, threw some Mentos in there, put the lid back on, shook it up, and boom, dude, blew up the whole league. I mean, everybody is everywhere right now. What do you think is the most was the biggest trade? Of the trade deadline. For me, yeah. it would be uh, KD going yeah. to the Suns. I think it makes them, I think it gives them a chance to win, uh, you know, championship this year. They're as close as they've ever been. They have pieces. If Chris Paul can stay healthy, to me, they're a contender. We'll see what happens. But still, I think if Golden State really gets, gets rolling, I don't think anybody's going to stop them. I was debating saying, besides KD, because that is kind of like, I mean, it's, 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 I don't want to say an obvious answer because they still got games to play and there's still every single one of those guys has got some, some questions uh, in terms of whether they can stay healthy, but it sure is going to be fun to watch those guys. Um, I mean, they, the fact that they, they were able to keep Aiton, uh, mm-hmm. they got Booker and they got it, those pieces seem to fit together too. Um mm-hmm. So it was it was a wild wild shakeup, man. Uh, Cam Johnson goes to Brooklyn. Uh, Danny Green was uh, traded to Houston. Then he his contract was bought out. He signed with Cleveland. Uh, another good spot for him, I think. Still remains to be seen whether some of these other guys will buy out. Russ probably going to buy out, wind up back on some other team. So NBA's got a lot of uh, you know continues to have some really good storylines. Um, I was really funny that John Wall got traded back to Houston after all that shit he said about him. And I think they oh, bought him out or about to. Um, yeah, it's it's uh it's shaping up for that's all we got now. Uh got the heels and we got the NBA until <laughs> pitchers and catchers report for spring training. So uh look elsewhere for that coverage. But um I don't know, man. There's uh we gotta get back on the cookies too. Dude, let's do it, man. I'm ready. Uh, oh, that's it. I almost said this, dude. I almost bought a fucking Girl Scout cookies. What do you think? All right, here's blind cookie review. I don't, well, guys, we don't have the cookies in house, but this is going to be right up there with the Beatles and the halftime show, dude. Girl Scout cookies. Shout out to Girl Scouts. Okay. I don't want to get any, any trouble for this, what I'm about to Scout, Scout cookies. Girl Scout cookies, terrible. All <laughs> of them. Never had a good one. They're all just taste like the box they came in. The peanut butter ones, okay. It's like, it's like, okay at first and then you realize that the roof of your mouth has like a cashmere sweater on it when it's done and it's oh like man this stuff is uh-uh I don't, I don't know man and then they they post up dude you can't get by them unless you go in the back door of the grocery store you ain't getting by them there's one good girl scout cookie and I know it's uh, coming. thin mitts overrated mm-hmm. um it's smos they're very very good do you know you can't uh, call them that anymore they call them uh, caramel delights now I did oh, okay. not know that. 
but caramel delights, caramel, yeah. <laughs> uh, caramel delights, uh, unbelievable. Sorry, everybody. Fire. No, uh, I'm joking. I'm, going, joking. But, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking. I didn't uh, realize the, until yesterday. The caramel deluxe is, uh, to me, the best Girl Scout cookie. <laughs> and it is, uh, to me, I, I thoroughly enjoy those. This is, is free, free advice to Girl Scouts. You could market the hell out of this too. I mean, you just like this big unveiling. And then what is it? Boom, it's a chocolate chip cookie. Like, why <laughs> not go with a chocolate? I guarantee you come out a chocolate chip cookie, it'd be the best selling cookie you ever had. It's like when you go to those uh those soda fountains that have all the endless array of like coat. You can get literally like black raspberry sprite Dr. Pepper if you want. You know what the number one choice of soda is in those machines? It's Coca-Cola. So like just go to chocolate chip cookies, man. You might win me over. Um but for now, dude, it's uh, and and again, all respects in the world is those girls and their moms. I saw one out in the middle of a hurricane yesterday selling cookies. I bought some Good just for God. But uh, it's freezing cold, man. I was just like, Lord of mercy, um, you deserve it. But uh, anyway, you got anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe.